hello and welcome back to another episode of MH Pals Podcast. Before we get started in this episode of the podcast, if you could please head over to my Instagram page at New Health Standards and on Twitter at MHP Advisor, I would greatly appreciate it. So if you listened to the previously recorded episode, I did mention that I wanted to talk about the disorders that were listed in the articles more thoroughly in their own episodes. So for today's episode, we're actually going to be talking on the topic of depression. So more closely, we're going to be referring to major depressive disorder, also known as MDD. For my sources, I'm going to be using American Psychiatric Association. So what is depression? Depression is also known as major depressive disorder, and it is a common and serious medical illness that negatively affects how you feel, the way you think, and how you act. Fortunately, it is also treatable. Depression causes feelings of sadness and or a loss of interest in activities you once enjoyed. It can lead to a variety of emotional and physical problems that can decrease your ability to function at work and at home. Depression symptoms can vary from mild to severe and can include feeling sad or having a depressed mood, loss of interest or pleasure in activities once enjoyed, changes in appetite, weight loss or weight gain regardless of dieting. Other symptoms of depression also include an increase in purposeless physical activity such as inability to sit still, pacing, or slow movements of speech. Other symptoms may be feeling worthless or guilty, difficulty thinking, concentrating, or making decisions, and lastly, thoughts of death or suicide. Symptoms must last at least two weeks and must represent a change in your previous level of functioning for a diagnosis of depression. Also, medical conditions such as thyroid problems, a brain tumor, or vitamin deficiency can mimic symptoms of depression, so it is important to rule out general medical causes. According to the American Psychiatric Association, one in six people will experience depression at some time in their life. Depression can occur at any time, but on average, it first appears during the late teens to mid-20s. Women are more likely than men to experience depression, and some studies show that one-third of women will experience a major depressive episode in their lifetime. There is a high degree of heritability when first-degree relatives, such as a parent, child, or sibling, have depression, which equates to 40%. So for heritability and the definition of it and how it relates to what we're talking about with um, being susceptible to depression and how there's a high degree of it, I'm going to read through the term, the term's definition slowly so this way we can understand it a little more clearly. Heritability, according to medlineplus.gov, is a measure of how well differences in people's genes account for differences in their traits. In scientific terms, heritability is a statistical concept that describes how much of the variation in the given trait will be attributed to your genetics. So an example of heritability would be 
between zero and one. Heritability that has that is closer to zero means that the genetics explain not much for their traits. And the closer the heritability is to one, that means that the genetics explain a lot about the traits. So for example, the heritability of height is approximately, approximately, heritability of height is about 0.80. And then heritability of hours to sleep per night is 0.15 to 0.20. So what that means is that heritability of height being closer to one means that your genetics mean everything. So depression is different from sadness or grieving the loss of a loved one. The death of a loved one, loss of a job, or the ending of a relationship are difficult experiences for a person to endure. It is normal for feelings of sadness or grief to develop in such a response to the situations. Those experiencing loss often might describe themselves as being depressed, but being sad is not the same as having depression. The grieving process is natural and unique to each individual and shares some of the same features of depression. Both grief and depression may involve intense sadness and withdrawal from usual activities. They are also different in important ways. In grief, painful feelings come in waves, often intermixed with positive memories of the deceased. In major depression, mood and or interest are decreased for most of two weeks. In grief, self-esteem is usually maintained. In major depression, feelings of worthlessness and self-loathing are common. In grief, thoughts of death may surface when thinking of or fantasizing about joining the deceased loved one. However, in major depression, thoughts are focused on ending one's life due to feeling worthless or so what are the risk factors for depression? Well, as we've read so far, depression can affect anyone, even a person who appears to live in a relatively ideal circumstance. Several factors can play a role in depression. That is through biochemistry, genetics, personality, and, and or environmental factors. So with biochemistry, the differences in certain chemicals in the brain may contribute to symptoms of depression. And then genetics plays a huge role in that with depression can run in families. For example, if one identical twin has depression, the other has a 70% chance of having the illness sometime in their life. With personality, people with a low self-esteem who are easily overwhelmed by stress or who are generally pessimistic appear to be more likely to experience depression. Environmental factors also play a role, and that is through continuous exposure to violence, neglect, abuse, or poverty, and that can help or attribute to some people with more vulnerability to depression. So how is depression treated? There are a multitude of ways that depression can be treated. Depression is actually among the most treatable of mental disorders. Between 80% to 90% of people with depression eventually respond well to treatment. Almost all patients gain some relief from their symptoms. Before a diagnosis or treatment can be made, a health professional should conduct 
a thorough diagnostic evaluation, including an interview and a physical examination. In some cases, a blood test might be done to make sure the depression is not due to a medical condition like a thyroid problem or a vitamin deficiency. Reversing the medical cause would alleviate the depression-like symptoms. The evaluation will identify specific symptoms and explore medical and family histories as well as a cultural and environmental factor with a goal of arriving at a diagnosis and planning a course of action. So there are a multitude of factors that take place before an individual is diagnosed with depression. A lot of background study and lab work has to be done in order to rule out any other medical cause that would cause depression-like symptoms. So once an individual is diagnosed with depression, there are a couple of actions that the individual can take. For starters, medication is usually one of the ways that a doctor might help alleviate an individual's depression. So the reason why a doctor would prescribe medication for an individual's depression is because brain chemistry may contribute to an individual's depression and may factor into their treatment. For this reason, antidepressants might be prescribed to help modify one's brain chemistry. These medications are not sedatives or tranquilizers. They are not habit-forming. Generally, antidepressant medications have no stimulating effect on people not experiencing depression. Antidepressants may produce some improvements within the first two uh, weeks of use, but yet full benefits may not be seen for two to three months. If an individual feels little or no improvement after several weeks, his or her psychiatrist can alter the dose of the medication or add or substitute another antidepressant. So in some situations, other psychotropic medications may be helpful it is important to let your doctor know if a medication is not working or if you're experiencing any side effects because the psychiatrist usually recommends that patients continue to take their medication for six or, six or more months after the symptoms have improved. Long-term maintenance treatment may be suggested to decrease the risk of future episodes for a certain person at risk. Psychotherapy or self-talk is also used alone for treatment of mild depression. For moderate to severe depression, psychotherapy is often used along with antidepressant medications. Cognitive behavioral therapy, also known as CBT, has been found to be effective in treating depression. CBT is a form of therapy used to focus on problem solving in the present time. CBT helps a person to recognize disordered negative thinking with the goal of changing thoughts and behaviors to respond to challenges in a more positive manner. Psychotherapy may involve only the individual, but it can include others. For example, family or couple therapies can help address issues with these close relationships. Group therapy brings people with similar illnesses together in a supportive environment and can assist the participant to learn how to use coping skills in similar situations. Depending on the severity of depression, treatment can take a week or longer. In many cases, significant improvement can be made in 10 to 5 sessions. Next, we're going to go into a medical treatment that is mostly used 
for patients with severe major depression, and that is called electroconclusive therapy, also known as ECT. It involves a brief electrical stimulation of the brain while the patient is under anesthesia. A patient typically receives ECT two to three times a week for a total of six to 12 treatments. It is usually managed by a team or trained medical professionals, including a psychiatrist, an anesthesiologist, and a nurse or physician's assistant. ECT has been used since 1940s and many years of research have led to a major improvement and recognition of its effectiveness as the mainstream rather than a last resort treatment. Overall, depression is real and help is available. With proper diagnosis and treatment, the vast majority of people with depression will overcome it. If you are experiencing symptoms of depression, a first step is to see your family physician or psychiatrist. Talk about your concerns and request a thorough evaluation. This is a start to addressing your mental health needs. Once again, I really do appreciate everybody for making it this far into the episode. If you wouldn't mind checking out my Twitter page over at MHP Advisor and on Instagram at New Health Standards, I would greatly appreciate it. And you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Bye.